What a name, amen? One of the wonderful things about Christmas time is you hear that name everywhere. The songs that are being sung, uh, in the, in the, uh, the music played in the malls and the, uh, the restaurants and different places, they're talking about Jesus. And I like to watch the, the Christmas specials and, and people singing Joy to the World and Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. I mean, it's all about Silent Night, Holy Night. And uh, what, a, what a great thing. I'll, I'll tell this quick story before I introduce our missionaries. Um, years ago, my wife and I loved Disneyland, so we had season passes uh, to Disney. That was a command of hers. We'll have a bit. So every Thursday afternoon, we would try to take Thursday afternoon off. She'd teach in the morning in the preschool, and we would, we would go to Disneyland. And so we went this one particular Thursday afternoon. We got there like maybe 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And we would only, it was only open to like 8 on, during the week. And they had this thing called the, the Christmas Candlelight Service. Has anybody ever seen that at Disney, Disneyland? Anybody here? So we just walk in the front there, and there's like all these people sitting in chairs. They thought, what's going on, you know? And they get all these choirs from all these churches around Anaheim. And it's like a 500, 600 voice choir. And they have this orchestra, and they sing the songs of Christmas. And they have a movie star that reads Luke chapter 2. They tell the story um, of Christmas. And I'm telling you, you know, Disney, these are professional musicians. The music was so good. They, and they sang the Messiah at the end. And I'm standing there crying like a baby because I know what they're singing about. I know the Savior they're singing about. I know what they're, I mean, they sang every traditional Christmas song. At Disney, and I'm thinking, do they know? You know, because in, in the political world, they wouldn't really like that, Disneyland doing that, up, really uplifting Jesus like that. And uh, it was so moving. You see, church, we, we not only know the song, but we know the Savior. There's a difference. When we sing it, it's, it's about like singing something that, that, you, that you know. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's like, most of you know my wife died three years ago. When I hear a song that we both liked, oh, my soul, it brings me to tears. You know, it could be a secular song, could be a spiritual song. But when you know Jesus and you hear a song about him, he was crucified, buried, he's alive forevermore. Because he lives, we live. And uh, it's just special. So this is a special time. Uh, of the year, and I'm just so thankful for it. And we heard the Tongbees um, testimony, the first service. This is their second service here today. So they're hearing the message twice that I'm going to bring. But uh, I just thought about it, taking Christmas to Southeast Asia. And that's what we do through our missionaries. We take Christmas around the world. Take Jesus around the world. Brother Tongby, you come and just introduce your DVD and say a word. We're so thankful that these are our missionaries now, about 10 years. We've been supporting them, and they've been faithful. Faithfully just telling others about Jesus in Southeast Asia. And you're going to hear his testimony, see some of the work they're doing. And uh, by God's grace, we get to be a part of it through our Faith Promise Missions Giving and uh, have a part in their ministry. So welcome. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Church, for uh, supporting us and then uh, partnering up with in our ministry. You guys have been doing it for 10, 11 years or even longer uh, now. So it's got uh, good to be back in the U.S. and, um, you know, see families and friends and Thanksgiving. Um, in fact, my sister-in-law and her husband are here uh, as well this morning. And so praise the Lord for that. Uh, they moved right here to Cherry Valley. It's not too far away from you guys. Uh, we've been in the country of Laos for about um, 10 years now, and, you know, it's preaching the gospel. The things that God has allowed me and my, my family and her, my, my wife and her family to come and live in the U.S. 
since 1980. Of course, uh, my wife got saved at 16. I got saved at 19 there at Cambodian Baptist Church. And God has allowed us to take the gospel back from the Southeast Asia where we escape out of. And um, what a privilege it is to serve, to, to serve the Lord. And uh, the DVD here, videos, shows you what have we been doing since uh, 2011. I'll talk more a little bit about it later, Pastor. We are the Tongli family serving with Team Southeast Asia in the country of Laos since 2011. The country of Laos is a closed country, so missionary visas are not given. So what we did was start an English learning center to be able to attract some of the locals in the city of Vientiane. After building relationship with our students, we witness to them. Those that do get saved, we baptize them and they join the church. And then those that have the desire to grow, we disciple them, teach them the basic doctrines of the Bible. And if they want to further their knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, some of them will actually join the Bible Institute that we started four years ago. The students will learn the Bible in the morning, music in the afternoon, and English in the evening, Monday through Thursday. are required to join a ministry on Saturday and Sunday. So they will either serve in the city church or one of the two villages. After being saved, baptized, and discipled, Gong has a burden to reach his own people. Since 2016, Gong has been going to his village on a Friday, and hold a Bible study on Friday night, Saturday, and on Sunday he holds a church service. For security reasons, we have been holding our youth conference in Thailand. We have been able to invite churches from both Laos and Thailand to be able to come and join us. We have seen some saved, and those that are already saved, we've seen them call into full-time Christian service. Some are actually enrolled in Bible college with us. Another big need is to train up the local pastors. Not only should we be reaching our Jerusalem, but our Judea, our Samaria, as well as the most parts of the world. So once a year, we would take our Bible college students to Northern Laos, Southern Laos, as well as Vietnam, 
to open up their eyes to see the need of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ somewhere else as well. As you can see there, Laos is a communist country, so missionary visas are, are, are not given. So we have to find other ways, because uh, um, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we had to find a way for us to be able to be in the country. So what we did was we started an English school, and um, from those students there, we were able to witness to them, find a teachable moments to be able to share the gospel with them here and there. And the one that do get saved, we're able to baptize them, and we, we started a church with them. And like I said, the video said, those who want to further need, uh, the needs of the gospel, they want to grow in their faith, we start a Bible Institute uh, for them. We, uh, we have four young people that have already graduated. They're all four of them are serving the Lord. Three that are in the villages uh, within uh, Vientiane, the capital city, and one in the northern parts cl uh, close to uh, Vietnam and China. And the Lord has allowed us to be able to buy land and build a dormitory, uh, a house church there, about 30 minutes out of town. And we were able to house the 12 of our Bible students today. And Kong and his wife are now overseeing the Bible Institute there. And our purpose and our plan is this, you guys, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, the Bible says, Paul talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, the things that thou hast heard of me, he said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It's all about, all, all about you guys. We want to be able to teach and train and multiply our group so we can be able to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ somewhere else as well. Continue to pray with us. My son and I are looking forward to go back here in March. And so March 1st, we'll actually be landing back, and we got to get back. We've been in America for way too long now. By the way, the country is still shut down right now because of COVID, and with this, this new variant uh, Omicron, whatever you want to call it now, just found about a couple of days ago. We don't know what's, what's going to be like. So we covered your prayers. Thank you, church, again, for partnering up with us and for, for praying for us. We know that we fight not against flesh and blood, but flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness as well. The devil not, does not want us to be there, but we know the Lord wants us to be there and taking the gospel there. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. What a great, great testimony of God's grace and God's love. You see, God's love just flows through us. When we get, become a Christian, when we get saved, the Bible calls it being saved and salvation, we, we receive His love. We receive Jesus into our hearts and our lives. And then... And then we, we begin to tell others about him. He's the one that changed us. He's the one that has given us new life, eternal life. Um, you know, uh, Cherie's dad, Bill, passed away last night. You know, he's in heaven today. When he took his last breath last night, he took his first breath in heaven immediately. He was just there. He's there forever. And he's not battling the physical issues he battled. He's healthy. There's no pharmacies in heaven. There's no handicap parking. There's no hospitals. He's just there. And uh, what a blessing that is. That's the sure hope that we have in, in Christ and salvation. And so we have that, that sure hope, that blessed hope. And so when we have it, then we want to tell others about it. You know, we have a cure. We have a cure for every sickness on this earth, and it's Jesus. And so, you know, we, uh, we have a, a burden to go and tell. And so their burden is back in Southeast Asia. They came to America, and now they're going back to Southeast Asia. To, to, why is that? They've received God's love. They love Jesus, and then they love a people. God's given them a love for those people. They're back in Southeast Asia. So they're going there 
because they love Jesus, they love God, but they love those people. And they want to see them come to Christ. They want to see them become Christians. They want to give them the good news. You see, when you love people, you want to give them the good news. Years ago, 18 years ago, when I came to California, I'll never forget, I, I've told you this many times, I was leaving a pastor's meeting in northern Michigan, and I was just kind of saying goodbye to the pastors that I'd gotten to know. We have a fellowship once a month. And when I'll never forget, one guy said, why are you going to California? People are wicked in California. And I'm like, well, people are wicked here in Michigan, but, you know. He just meant that they don't, you know, I mean, when you, when you look at California, you see on television just all the kind of craziness, you know, the crazy parades and the crazy things that go on, all the, all the negative things about California, but really people here in California need Jesus. I've found people in California to be friendly, basically friendly to me. Even when I try to tell them about the Lord, they're not mean to me. They're not rude, most of them. They might say, oh, I'm not interested. But they're polite. They're courteous. And, uh, and so, but I'm here on a divine call from God. I live in California. I live in Banning because it's a divine call. God has placed me here. He planted me here. And... Uh, when I first heard about banning, I looked on the website, and it had uh, Cowboy Town. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm picturing myself riding a bull. I'm thinking, well, I don't, I've never ridden a bull before. I don't wear cowboy boots, and I certainly don't look good in a cowboy hat, you know. So I'm thinking, I don't, I don't think I'm going to fit there. But as I investigated a little bit more and came out here and looked, and God led me to come. It was over this weekend, 18 years ago, that my wife and I came, and we, I preached here, and we candidated here um, 18 years ago. So uh, it was over Thanksgiving weekend. And I'll never forget, I came, we were staying in the Super 8 down here, and we walked out on, our, on the balcony, and I'm looking at the mountains, the mountains already had snow on them, and it was 70 degrees, and I said, God will never let me live here. I'm, in, I'm living in Michigan now. Northern Michigan. It's way up. It's cold. The month of January, it doesn't get above zero. You know, if it gets above zero, you're like, hey, thank God. Let's get our Bermuda shorts on. It's going to be one today, you know. And um, I just, uh, but God led me here. And I'm here on a divine call. And so you... This is the way the church works. Now, it doesn't always work that way, but you come and join this church, become a part of this church to assist me and assist Jesus in the divine call of God upon telling people here in this community about Jesus Christ. Because we got it, man. We've got it all in Christ. We have everything anybody could ever want or desire in Jesus and I'm just so thankful, and I'm thankful for you guys going, and that we can support them. See, we give money. You give money in Faith Promise. We give them money monthly. You're investing in their lives to take their, the burden that God's given them, which is really your, mine, and yours and my responsibility. He told us to go into all the world. But I'm not going there. They are. So I'll give money to that to help them get there. Because I want everybody to hear about Jesus. Everybody that can. And so it's wonderful. That's really what this season, I love the Christmas season. From Thanksgiving to Christmas and then that week before. You know, you've got one week after Christmas to confess all your sins before the new year. All your sins of eating wrong. And, uh, you know, you get that fruitcake and you eat it. You get a couple fruitcakes. No, I know. Has anybody ever eaten fruitcake? Scott, you're the only person in this whole auditorium. I thought about this, and then I'll get into the message. I thought about next Thanksgiving, I want a sample of everybody's turkey. Because I love the turkey. You can just deliver it to my house on a Lisa Dawn. Just carve a 
couple slices of your turkey off, put it in a thing and put your name on it. And then I will choose the top turkey of, uh, for the church. And I'll, we'll announce that on this Sunday next year. No, we're not going to do that. Praise God. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. But this is the season, listen church, we make a lot of memories. There's Christmas parties, there's fellowships, church fellowships, choir cantatas, children's programs in the schools your kids attend. There's company parties. There's so much that happens in Thanksgiving, uh, in, in, on Thanksgiving, and now up, leading up to Christmas, the shopping, the uh, preparations. It's just a, a time, when, and you do most of this with family, and most of you will get together with people you haven't seen in a long time. Um, we always went to, somebody was asking me about Polish food, and I'm not a real Polish food guy. I don't like Polish food. Guamkis, pigs in a blanket. Some of you are familiar with Polish food. I, I'm not really a Polish food person. I like meat and potatoes. You know, roast beef, steak. Um, I, tr- I bought some fish. Pray for me. I bought some fish last night at Stater Brothers. I got to eat it today. My doctor said fish is good for me. So I went and got a fish sandwich from McDonald's. And he said, no, that's, that's not going to make it. Because I got the fries with it, you know. And so, but um, I don't know why I mentioned that food. But this, this is the time of the year. It's very special. And so you have to focus, though, all the family memories. And you're going to make more memories this year. But the joy of the season truly is Jesus Christ. The joy of the season are the relationships that you do have. And, um, and focus on the goodness of God, the goodness of Christmas. Not on the bad things of Christmas. You know, you know prices are rising, right? I told my kids for Christmas shopping, I'm taking them down to Long Beach. And we're going to go out on those trailers that are out in the ocean right now, floating around all those big boats. And I'm going to pick one trailer, say, go in there. We're going to go out there, get up on there, ask the longshoremen to open one of them, let them shop right there. We'll save money. We'll, un- we'll unload, we'll get paid 50 bucks an hour to unload them. But now there's, they're talking about all the, all, listen, everything you hear on the news is negative. You know? I, don't, I haven't seen anything. that I can't get right now, that they're saying, you know, all the shortages and things, and I know there must be, but nothing in my life. But you understand, just the negativism. Let's focus upon the good things of God, on the grace of God. It's good to have Sierra. Sierra, raise your hand. She just recovered from COVID. Praise God. She made it through. And then Lucy, recovering. She's made it through. She just had it. Now, what's ba- Lucy works at 911. She's like a, a manager. When you call 911, I don't know where exactly she works, but she's, her people answer those calls. And uh, I'm just so glad she made it through this horrible time and feeling better. And uh, so thankful for that. And others of you that have face the, the virus. But now, you know, we have the different variants coming out and so on. It's negative and we want to do everything we can to take care of ourselves. But I'm telling you, God takes care of you. God watches over you. You're special. He sent his only begotten son for you. You talk about an expensive gift. Jesus laid his life down on the cross, he died. He was buried. He rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. He did that for you. You talk about a great Christmas gift. You're it. You're it. You're priceless. And so God has made us. And God has given us life. Well, we have here in our text in, in uh, Luke chapter 2, in verse number 20, let's see, let's start in verse 21. 
This is the eight days were accomplished um, for the circumcising of the child. His name's called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So before he's even conceived, the angel says his name shall be called Jesus. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So what that's talking about, if we, if we can put Leviticus chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 up on there. Um, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a woman hath have conceived a seed and born of a man-child, then she shall be unclean for seven days, according to the days of separation for her infirmity, shall she be cleaned. On the eighth day, um, of the, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying three and thirty days. She shall touch no hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying shall be fulfilled. And so that's what this means here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. It's talking about that purification, the circumcision, the 40 days of purification. And now they've come into the temple, the Bible says. And also it says to author the other offerings according to the sacrifice to the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he has seen the Lord Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when, he hit, when, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed, blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon was told by the Spirit of God that he would not die until he saw the Savior. And so he's told, by the, he's told by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple. Mary and Joseph, as following the law of Moses, they go and bring Jesus into the temple. And he takes Jesus. Now get this now. He takes Jesus into his arms. He's holding the Son of God. He's holding the Creator of the world. He's holding the Deliverer. He's holding your Savior and my Savior. He's holding the one that's going to grow up and die for our sins. This is an amazing thing. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. And the glory of thy people Israel. The Savior is here. This is him. He's so excited. And he's so excited. Watch what, watch what happens here. And Joseph and his mother marveled. Wait a minute. You know, Mary, the angel, had spoke unto, jo uh, unto Joseph and Mary. Now they're seeing the excitement in Simeon. The Bible says they marveled at those things which were spoken of him. They're looking at Simeon there and listening to him. And they marveled. They were so excited. And Simeon blessed them and said unto, unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fallen rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy, thine own soul also. The thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. I mean, this is him. This is Jesus. 
This is the Savior of the world. This is the one that Simeon's been looking for. This is the one that Simeon's been praying about. This is the one. They, they say that Simeon probably was anywhere from 100 to 112 years old. I mean, he's ready to go to heaven. Now he says, listen, mine eyes have seen the Savior. Mine eyes have seen the consolation for Israel. Oh, what an exciting time. What an exciting portion of the scripture as Jesus is brought to the temple. You see, that's the message. The message of of this passage and the message of Christmas is a message of hope. Hope promised. And this is a sure hope. This is a sure thing. The name Simeon means he who hears. He who hears. And so, Simeon, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is touched. He, Jesus, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple, and he holds him in his hands finally. The Lord's Christ, verse 26 says, this literally means the Lord's salvation. He understood. You see, Simeon understood who he was holding. Simeon understood who he was, who who Jesus Christ was. He understood the promises that were being fulfilled right there. And you see, by the grace of God, through the faith in, in God, we know through the Bible, we know through coming to church and learning about Jesus, we know that he's the way, the truth, and the life. We know that Jesus, the Bible says, is God in the flesh. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what what is it talking about? What is John chapter 1, verse 1 talking about? The Word. Notice what verse 14 says. It tells you what verse 1 means. And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. So go back, if you would please, Lewis, to verse 1. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that's talking about the Word. That's talking about Jesus. Verse 14 again says, And the Word was made flesh, and He dwelt among us. He became a man. He dwelt there. In Jerusalem, here in our text, he's being brought to the temple in Jerusalem. Our church here, we've taken two trips now to Israel. We've seen the places. We've seen these places where this happened. We've walked the streets of Jerusalem. We've seen it with our own eyes. And I was 60 years old before I first went to, ever went to Israel. Went to, to see where Jesus was born. We stood out there on the... In Bethlehem, on the, sea, on the side of the hills. And it was, you know, there's still, there's still sheep grazing there. Where the, uh, where the angels appeared unto the shepherds. I mean, it's an amazing thing to be there, to see it with your own eyes. It's real. The Word became flesh. Jesus was, the, was God in the flesh, and that's what Simeon's seeing here. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Then he took him up in his arms, verse 28, and blessed God and said, Lord, lettest thou thy servant now depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared. And so Jesus became flesh. In in Philippians chapter 2, in verse number 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not rather to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took out of him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Can you imagine God, the creator of all the universe, His Son, Jesus Christ, 
The Bible says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He says, this, this, is what, this is who he's holding in his arms. The Bible says he is the Lamb of God that slain before the foundation of the world. Revelation 13, 8. And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of, the, of life of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That was God's plan. It was done. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vein and conversation, received by tradition of your fathers, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foredained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, this is, this, is, this is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. This is the Savior, and, and Simeon's holding him in his arms. How exciting. You think about Simeon. He's waited a long time. He's been waiting. He's been watching and waiting. You know, today, we're, we're watching and waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. We know he's coming. We know Jesus is coming. We read, we read the Bible. We see the signs of the times. We see that one day in the world that you'll have what's called the mark of the beast in the tribulation time. You won't be able to buy or sell unless you have that mark. And I know that the, you know, the passport, you know, card for the vaccination is not the mark of the beast but it's getting people used to you can't travel unless you have a card a barcode i have friends in dubai still they can't they can't travel because they don't have the vaccine so they don't have so they're stuck in dubai you understand they can't leave people are stuck peter mort our missionary can't go back to the philippines he's stuck because he doesn't have the vaccine doesn't have the the barcode doesn't have those codes. And so now they're saying that this new variant coming out, you're going to have to get another shot. And pretty soon they're just going to force everybody before you can buy or sell to have that mark. And then it'll be easier just to put it in your hand or on your wrist. Because if you're like me, you're free, you, you ever misplace things? Where is my credit card? I misplaced my phone this morning. I, I made a mistake. When I came back in here, I sat on the second row. Because the, at first, and I left my phone there, and I'm like, where, where did my phone go? You know, it was right there. This my, Mike stole it from me, my own son-in-law. But, um, but you know, we, we misplace things. Well, you know what? They'll just put the mark on you. But we're waiting for Jesus to come back. We see the signs of the times. But you see, there's people that need to be saved. So what keeps us from just wanting Jesus to come today is because all of us probably know somebody that needs the Lord. And by the way, let me say this to you. Don't, you know, our job as Christians is just to be a witness, to be a light. Don't be so burdened down because someone you know is not saved. Be a light to them. But live your life. God said, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, but you, that you may have it more abundantly. And so be a witness. Love people. Care about people. And want to see people come to Christ. Want to see people grow in the Lord. I like the Bible Institute you started there. It helps them grow in the Lord. Grow in their knowledge. And by the way, just love people. Not everybody that hears the gospel responds immediately. You know, not everybody knows. Thank, you know what I think of? I just think, thank God that I know it. Thank God at age six, 15 I learned about Jesus and got saved. And so, when we think about it, 
We don't, we don't know what the future holds other than the fact that we know Jesus is coming again. I know if, if, if he comes back, I'm going to heaven to be with him. And so our, our faith is built upon sure things. Our, listen, our faith can't be built upon the government. Our faith can't be built upon what we get at Costco or Walmart because now they're saying that the supply chain may be gone. Let me tell you something. God's always going to take care of you. He's always going to take care of you. He loves you. You're precious. Now, you may not get to have the things that you want. I was telling the first service, I had a doctor's appointment this week, and the doctor said, okay, we're worried about a little bit about how your uh, diabetes medicine's affecting you, so we're not going to give you medicine anymore. We want you to just eat right. Now, isn't that a bummer? You just have to eat right. Tells me right before Thanksgiving. He said, what'd you do, Pastor? I changed doctors. No, I'm kidding. I got a second opinion. You know, no. I got to change. I got to change some things. If I want to be healthy, if I want to live as long as I can, I got to change some things. I got to eat differently. You understand? But that's okay. I can do that. We all can do what we have to do because we want to do the good things in life. And so, by the grace of God, we just do what we need to do and we do what's right. And God strengthens us and helps us. You see, Simeon, Simeon was waiting and anticipating. He was longing. He was longing. Luke tells us that Simeon was waiting at the temple for something very specific. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation means encouragement or comfort. You see, one of the greatest things you and I have is encouragement or comfort, no matter what it is. No matter what it is. The consolation for Israel has come. It's here. When they hear, when they understand. You see, we've heard it and we understand it. So we're comforted. We're encouraged. We see things from the light of the sure hope of salvation. When Simeon held Jesus, he said, this is it. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. March 12th, 1972, mine eyes saw salvation. I got saved that day. I became a Christian. I asked Jesus into my heart. And he became my savior. He lives in me. So I live for him. When Jesus came to this earth, this is when, when he's holding this baby Jesus, that's the hands of God. He's, he, he's holding Jesus' hands are God's hands. His feet, his heart. Jesus had the heart of God. He was God in the flesh. And God, he came to this earth. He lived the perfect life. He grew up in Nazareth. Nazareth was a town, they tell us, of three to 500 people. He lived there 28 days. 28 days. I'm sorry, 28 years. Thank you for correcting me. Please remove this lady. She corrected me on that for said 20. I'm glad you're listening. No more drinking coffee, though, in the church service. Thank you. If I had that coffee, I wouldn't have made that mistake. I'm kind of kidding. 28 years in Nazareth? Think about the worst place to live in America, and that's where Jesus lived. Nobody knew. I mean, we live in Banning. When I tell people where I'm from, I don't say Banning. I say Palm Springs. Wow, Palm Springs. I'm from Palm. You know, I'm from L.A., the city of angels. I don't say Banning. Well, Jesus was from Banning. Think about it. Three to five hundred people. Think about how many people went to his school. They went to school in the synagogue. So Jesus went to a small school. God was there growing up. And Jesus waited. He just grew up on this earth in Nazareth. 
just waiting to do his job, waiting to do what God wanted him to, what his assignment was. And you know what his assignment was? To reveal God to mankind and then to die for our sins. That was his, that was his whole purpose. It's a wonderful thing. This is who he's holding in his arms. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared to lighten the, a light to lighten the Gentiles the consolation of Israel, the comfort, the help. And so we're encouraged today. No matter what we face, we can be encouraged because of Jesus. You're never alone with Jesus. He's there with you. He guides you. He blesses you. He helps you. And that's what we have in Christ. I mean, here... For hundreds of years, Israel had been defeated, destroyed by many different nations, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks. Now they're right now at this writing here in Luke chapter 2, the Romans have control. They've been oppressed. But wait a minute, Jesus has come. Do you know that sometimes in our lives we've just been oppressed? We've been oppressed. I grew up in Hazel Park, Michigan, just outside Detroit. You know, it was a rough area. You could buy heroin not far from where I lived. I mean, it was a bad place. But you know what? The grace of God, anybody could be saved in Hazel Park. And by the grace of God, I got saved. And I've been living for God since the age of 19 by His grace. And people need Jesus. Just a little over a year ago, I did a funeral for my high, a high school friend. All of my high school friends were at that funeral. None of them have ever, ever heard me speak before. Because when I graduated, I went off to a different college, then became a pastor, then I, I moved away. They'd never heard me speak. I've never preached to them. And so I preached the gospel. The whole high school football team came in and sat down. Because the boy was his, Bruce's son was on the basket was on the football team. He was going to the game that night. He died of a heart attack. And I shared the gospel with all of them. I encouraged them in the Lord. I gave them hope. I had shared the gospel with Bruce. I could share that at that, at that service. I encouraged them by sharing that news. And so, we look to God. During these weeks as we look to Christmas, I want to encourage you to feel that deep need you have for God. It's God that we really need. It's God that we have to get our fulfillment out of, not of the shopping. Get, well, I can't wait till I get my shopping done. Whoa. You know what? You know what happens after you get all the shopping done, ladies? What do you have to do after you get everything bought? Wrap it. What? And then you guys, you buy a bike that you don't know how to put together. You wait till Christmas Eve. You're up half the night. You're mad. You lose your testimony. Your wife asks you to leave the house. You know, and you go to your mom and dad's and they don't want you. You know? Oh, we got to get that bike put together. I'll tell you what. You let me know, I'll give you the extra 50 bucks. Let Walmart put it together and I will save your family that weekend, you know. No, it's just stressful. It's all, it's filled with, listen, don't let it be filled with stress. Focus upon Christ. Focus upon the goodness of God. Focus upon God's comfort and help, His healing. As you look back on this year, it's been a tough year, but we're all here. By the grace of God, we're here. And we've got 2022 to look to. And we're not going into it alone. I have Jesus. Not only do I have Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we get to do it together. We're, all, we're serving Him together. This church, the ministries of this church, our missionaries. Man, we've got some great missionaries like these people. You know what the blessing about being, them being our missionaries? They pray for us. And these people are totally sold out to God. 
They're not perfect people, I'm sure. But they're totally sold out to God. So much that they would move back to, to Southern Asia and live there, Southeast Asia, and, and leave the, the comforts of life that we enjoy. Because the real comfort in life is being comforted and comforting those who need comfort and helping them. And so I'm thankful. I'm telling you, this story is wonderful. Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Revelation 22 and verse 17. And the spirit of the bride say, Come. And he that heareth, come. And let him that's a thirst come. You see, we're, people, church, are thirsty. They have a desire for... Th- it's, a, it's a description here. It's an example of, of us being thirsty. People are thirsty for God, but they don't know it. So they try this, they try that. Sometimes they try drugs, sometimes they try alcohol, sometimes they try this other thing here. Maybe if I just get this much money, or maybe if I get accomplish this. And him that is a thirst, come, that need Jesus, need God, whosoever will, let him take of the water freely. God loves you, and he cares about you. Come and partake. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. The Bible says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're listening online or here in this auditorium and you don't know you're going to heaven for sure, God is seeking for you. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. He's not looking for me today. He's already found me. What he's telling me today is go look for somebody else. Look for them. Be, be alert. Let me tell you, this is a wonderful time to win people to Christ because Christmas does not fulfill everybody's need. But, they, but they're looking even more. So tell them about Jesus. That, that friend at work, tell them about Jesus. They're going to let you tell them. Maybe, maybe this will be... Listen, it's wonderful to be a Christian. We've got it all. Let's be... Let's freely share it. John 15, 13. Again, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so what do we do? We just help each other. We love each other. We encourage each other. As I said, mentioned, I'm here on a divine call. I live in California in Banning because God's called me here. God led me here. And uh, this, is, this is my mission in life here in California. And when God planted this church here almost 60 years ago, he knew all these buildings was going to come. He knew all these people were moving here. So just like Simeon's waiting, we've been kind of waiting for the area to grow. We've been waiting for Banning to become more than just Banning. You know, now there's a lot of homes coming in here. There's a lot of restaurants. There's so many restaurants, you, you can't, it was hard enough when we had two restaurants, now we got 20. Where are we going to eat today? I'm going to La Casita. And if you go there, they'll give me a free meal, so go there if you would. No, I'm kidding you. I shouldn't have said that. But anyways, we're growing This town is here. And let me tell you what's great about this town is the gospel that's preached here. That's what's great. That's what's great. People can come out here and buy a new home and come to church and hear about Jesus and get Jesus to move in with them and somebody to help you. You see, your house is your safety place. You sit around the table to have dinner together as a family. And I hope you get to. I know life is so busy. But Jesus is there. He protects you. He watches over you. And he loves you. 
And so Simeon said, I'm, my, my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Jesus came for you. He loves you. Open your heart to him. And Christian, let's just go into this season looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Things may not be exactly the way we want them to be in our personal lives. Maybe we don't have as much money to spend on Christmas. But let me tell you something. Christmas is about your presence, not the presents you buy. It's about you. It's about your love for each other. Your love for the kids. My wife always got mad at me every year. This is what I would tell her every year at Christmas. I'd say, honey, why don't we just get, go sneak over to our kids' houses and get all the toys that they don't play with anymore. They're like brand new. We'll just rewrap them and give them to them again. She gets so mad at me. She knew I was kidding, but she still got mad at me. But the truth is, that's true. You know what your kids love? Is you. That's what they love. They love a family. They love their friends. When it boils down to it, they only play with that one thing for like a few minutes. Then they're over playing here. And a lot of times they just play with the box. Because the good thing is, they're playing with their sibling or they're playing with their cousins. They're, play they're playing with family. And they're there with you. And so enjoy this season. We're launching out here. The sure hope of a great holiday season, a great way to end 21, is looking to Christ, the consolation, not only from Israel, but also for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the strength you give to us. God, we look to you now. We thank you. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. I pray you'll bless this invitation time now. With heads bowed and eyes closed, this morning as we conclude this service, if you're here and you're not 100% sure if you died, that you'd go to heaven, I want you to know that you can have the gift that Jesus said for all. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He laid down his life for you. Whether you're here in this auditorium or at home in your living room or in your car and you're watching this service, I invite you to receive Christ. Receive the most wonderful gift you'll ever get, that gift of eternal life. How do you do it, Pastor? Well, first you just got to understand you need it. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible says, but God so loved, but God committeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us when we're, we're not perfect people, but he loves us. And the scripture says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You simply call upon him. This morning, as we close this service, I'd like to invite you to open your heart to Jesus. You hold him in your heart. You invite him into your heart. Right there at your seat or right there at home. Pray this simple prayer after me and mean it with all your heart and soul. And he'll become your savior. With your heads bowed and eyes closed. Pray this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'd be lost without you. But I'm asking you now to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I put my faith and trust in you to be my Savior. Thank you for the blood that you shed upon the cross of Calvary for me and paying for my sin so I might have eternal life and be forgiven. I receive you by faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd, I'd love to talk with you following the service. If you prayed that in, online, be sure and contact us. We'd like to help you because God has a great plan for you.
God has a great plan. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to sing this song of invitation. I have decided to follow Jesus. And so it's a decision. If you receive Christ this morning, maybe you want to come and just say to one of the pastors here, I've received Christ. We'll give you a little bit more information about that, how you can live for God. You see, when you receive Christ, you're happy. You enjoy it. You're excited. And you want to live for him. We'll show you how you can live for him. Maybe go over the verse, some, some more scripture verses if you have question. Come to Jesus. Maybe God's leading you to join this church. Why do we join the church, Pastor? Just to become a part of the body that goes out and tells others about Christ, supports missionaries like these, to serve God. This is a place we serve him through. It's all volunteer. You voluntarily come. God doesn't make us. We decide we want to follow you. Sing this from your heart and your soul. I've decided to follow Jesus. If you need to come and join the church, maybe you need to be baptized, we'll show you the steps to take. Or come and receive Christ. As we sing, Brother Michael be here, Brother Theo here. You come as we sing and the Spirit guides you. Let's sing this together. Uh,